0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Wherever this podcast may find you, it is I, as always, Gavin.
1: And I, Justin. And boy, do we talk a lot about... Cameras for a car podcast on this one, <laughs> yeah. But, we, it's probably about half of it, but yeah, you know, we kind of shoot video. So what do you know?
0: We yeah, we need cameras to do things, and I actually enjoy cameras uh, of the film variety more specifically. But uh, we talk about that. Uh, we start, we end the, the podcast actually a little bit about Pike, Pike's Peak. Uh, and what else we talk about? We talk about stuff and things and such. Yeah,
1: new Kia EV9 just came out, which we both think looks pretty decent. We're definitely curious to see how it goes.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, let's just dive right into that. Hey, dude. Hey, what's up? Uh, Not much. Well, actually, no, that's a lie. There's a lot going on. There's a shit ton (laughs) going on. There's always a lot going on. that's kind of just been the, I don't know, the motto for 2023 of just like shit happening everywhere all the time. Everything happening everywhere all at once, I think. Is that, is that the movie or it's something like yeah, that? Yeah, uh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we're doing this one remote because I kind of needed a, a not a vacation, but I needed a weekend. So uh, this weekend, uh, my girlfriend and I are actually getting things ready for her to move in, which is exciting. This is very good. This is yeah. good news. and um. Yeah, but that involves me like getting rid of like shit and like cleaning things up and you know dusting things and organizing things in the w- different way. So, um, which is all good. Like I'm super stoked. I'm super excited for that. So um, we kind of took this weekend to do that, which is why we're doing this podcast remotely.
1: Exactly. Yeah, there's just a lot going on, and like with with that, and you've been in that apartment alone for several years now. So there's just five. Like- yeah, several, Jesus. I forget it's been that long that you've been there. Isn't that nuts? At this point. It's crazy. It's crazy just how fast time has flown in general. Um, I actually had the realization, granted, it's been a few months late at this point, that's like, it's been four years since I've owned my Stinger <laughs> at all. But more than that. No, so, well, four years and three months now. Or, yeah, four years and three months because I sold it in May of 19. Which oh, is,
0: since you oh, since you last had it. okay, I was gonna say you, yes. you
1: owned that in 2018, sir. Yeah, bought it. But bought it in yeah. uh, February of 18. Um, yeah. So yeah, time's just flown by, and it's like, and it's crazy what can happen in a situation like yours where you've been there alone for five years, and so there's just a lot of shit that builds up, and now you're yeah. realizing that.
0: And to be fair, I mean, two of them were during COVID. Yeah, and um, which was interesting, but like. Okay, so I moved mm, – I, I guess, yeah, let, let's let's have a therapy session, shall we? Yes, we shall. <laughs> Everyone buckle up. No, um, I moved into this apartment with my girlfriend at the time, not the one I'm with now, and uh, we moved in February of 2018, and uh, I guess, yeah, we, we, it was just too quick, really. We, yeah. we did it was just too early we thought it was going to be good timing it was kind of good timing for some other things but uh, maybe i had some growing up to do maybe she has some growing up to do and we, you know it just didn't quite work so um we were in here for like three months and then um it was just me and like that process was rough because i had always had a roommate of some kind whether it was my parents whether it was roommates in a dorm whether it was my friend my uh, from childhood growing up, you know, I moved into a house with him um, in 2014. Mm-hmm. I was, I, we were both 21 years old. So, um, and I, like I lived there for a couple of years, but yeah. So like I'd always had a room uh, and then there's a house after that too, that I had roommates, but like, I'd never been like alone, alone,
1: yeah. which,
0: which was an adjustment for sure. And it was hard at the beginning. Um, but then you know i got busy enough and you know had you know su- supportive friends such as yourself and um no anyways uh so yeah um i've been by myself for 4 years 5 years and yeah this is a good change this is i'm super excited and uh, I don't have much more to really add to that. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're getting stuff moved in. Um, the apartment's going to look different. So maybe when it's all done, you can come down and check it out. Yeah. Um, but well, And that's,
1: that's wild. Cause I was just thinking that is something I have never experienced living completely on my own. Um, I have always had at least one roommate, if not quite often several. Yeah. I have never actually, for more than like a couple of days, I should say, had just the place entirely to myself.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, I mean, that's, I can imagine that would be tough, uh, especially just coming home and being like, cool, you want to have dinner tonight? Looks over to the left, like, <laughs> talking to himself. Yeah, yeah, let's do it, bro.
0: Yeah, man, you want to <laughs> get takeout again? <laughs> No, but, peace. I mean, it, it was also nice, like, t- to finally, like, get a routine and, like, you know, the next year I actually bought my first Xbox and my, fir- my own first TV, yeah. which actually is kind of crazy. I went without a television for, like, a year.
1: Yeah, I've done, not with a television, but I've done that similar type of thing with certain little furniture items that it wasn't until somebody, like, came in and told me, oh, you're missing this item and i was like yeah i am i should go buy that
0: (laughs) (laughs) well i had my imac as a tv i think for a bit yeah which which is fucking weird (laughs) the imac from 2011 on a tv stand (laughs) with with the the wireless keyboard and mouse yeah um that was a time
1: (laughs) it's we'll call it the functional setup
0: i i suppose so it's
1: about the Uh, limit but yeah
0: yeah um but I have a TV now, so that's good. <laughs> and an Xbox, which is good. Uh, but no, but like coming home and, uh, I mean, we'll, fuck it, we'll just call this episode the, the therapy session if we want to make it all about me. Um, but like, you know, in 2020 and in 2021, and I also did this in 2019 too, but um, like coming home, pop a drink, um, yep. hop on Xbox, and just like, you know, b- waste the night away kind of. Um and I'm really, really glad that I kind of got out of that and, um, you know, can lead a more productive life and, like, have someone else included in that. You know, it's really awesome.
1: Yeah. No, it's, it, it's a good change. Lots of change going on, as you mentioned at the beginning, but pretty much all of it is good change. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, But I do have a truth bomb, or not a truth bomb, but, like, a little nugget of information to drop on you. Oh. We have a friend that may have just gotten his car that he's been waiting on for a long time.
0: Uh that uh, this friend is not Coulter? No. Oh wait, is this um I'm sorry, is this uh why am I spacing his fucking name right now? Carson. Carson.
1: So I have a little backstory, and I'll even tell backstory for the viewers real quick. A sure. year ago at this point. Uh, Our friend Carson that owned both the R32s we drove dropped a deposit on a, what was at the time, 2022 Volvo V60 Recharge, which is the Polestar engineered car that is a plug-in hybrid. So it has 520 pound feet of torque, can do about 50 miles, all electric, Um, kind of an interesting conglomeration of like a sporty plug-in hybrid wagon. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of weeks after that, they they needed to figure out if they could get a 22 still. They told them, "We can't get a 22 or a 23, so your car will actually be a 24 and won't actually get here till like uh, initially they said March of 2023. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, then that got pushed back to July. Well, and it's July. Well, it was supposed to be end of July, early August, and okay. what happened was he got a call on Wednesday of this week, which would have been actually late June at that point, it would have been the 28th, Yeah. Um, saying, oh, by the way, your car just got here with no notice. He had no updates <laughs> until that point at all. Yeah, It just showed up. Oh, my God. <laughs> and keep in mind... There's two things with this car. Volvo doesn't stock them. You have to custom order it. Um, Mm -hmm. They don't stock them anywhere. So that was always going to be the process no matter what, even if he was able to get a 22 back then. Mm -hmm. Um, And he also custom ordered it because he wanted a specific color, um, which was, here, I got the name right here. Um, And I'll get more to the color later because there's actually some really cool stuff about the color. Come on. Okay, computer's not working. Anyways, it's basically uh, a Nardo gray-ish color, but I wish Nardo gray was actually like this color where it actually has some flake and some life in it. It's not just a flat gray. It actually has uh, some depth to the paint.
0: Well, that's good. Yeah, because Nardo gray really is just fucking polished primer
1: it is it really is and having seen this car in person now it's called thunder gray is what they call it and Ooh. having seen it having seen it in person now i wish every nardo gray car was this color
0: i mean i'm not really a fan of gray cars period except, except i own one
1: <laughs> ironic yeah. but
0: that, that's my least favorite thing about the car yeah. um but okay i mean i mean congratulations
1: uh, carson so the couple wild things uh, to kind of finish them out are these. So he was able to get all the paperwork finished, picked it up Thursday. He's going to have a couple things done to it before he really starts driving it. Namely, he's going to get PPF on it, like really get it protected because he wants sure. to use the shit out of it.
0: Well, and he, you know, where he, you know, uses it, <laughs> it you know, uh, I mean, well, first of all, he lives in Utah. Um, yeah. He's left his old job where a, that car like that would have gotten fucking pitted like crazy. Yep. Um, but fuck yeah, good for him. Yeah, right
1: yeah um you know so like they did do most things well like so there was a markup but it was actually more closer to the fact that he was custom ordering the car that was the reason for the markup um so and that's more understandable yeah so i mean it was four grand but that was including like the deposit he put down so he basically paid that up front and it was well all out in the open they they pulled no bullshit like everything was well known So, like, considering modern standards, it was all in all a very good process. And actually, I found out something else crazy. He ended up paying a bit more on purpose to buy their extended warranty because Volvo, just this year, and this is pretty cool to shout out, started offering an extended warranty that is unlimited miles, unlimited time on the car. Holy shit. For only $900.
0: Oh, that's so worth it. That's so worth it.
1: Yeah, so bumper to bumper, unlimited time, unlimited miles. So, yeah, of course he dropped the money on that. That's, like, mind-blowing. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, but, yeah, like, it's really cool. He got it. Everything's there. Everything functions. Um, It is pretty cool that, like, it has as much power as it does and can still do 50 miles of all-electric range. So he can do his commute to Salt Lake on all-electric. That's awesome. um, and, And then make it about halfway home before the engine has to kick in. Sure. Pretty wild. Um, but final note. They Does did he a have design- to plug it in at home? Yeah, he can. Um, he actually has a 240-volt plug in his garage, which only takes a couple hours to charge it. Cool. Yeah, super cool. Um, final note, though. So one thing that was really cool, it was really weird. He was supposed to get a 2024 model. They got a 23, which was good because he got different wheels. But one of the cool features they updated for 23, it's not really a feature. It's literally just a uh, design choice they replaced the regular leather gear shift knob with crystal. Oh yeah. So it actually looks real classy and, uh, and it, it's pretty sweet and it says some Swedish phrase on the inside. So like, it's, it's a really neat car. I'll, I'll be excited for you to check it out once you, once the opportunity rolls around for you to do so. Cause yeah. I think the money spent on this car with the combination of how good Volvo's interiors are, what it can do both electrically as well as a decent amount of performance and just the overall fit and finish of the package for 72 grand is a hell of a value Mm -hmm. compared to other things you could buy for the same price. If you're looking for something that can kind of just do it all for a little bit more than like a $50,000 price. Yeah. So time will tell, but we'll have to see how it goes. But I was super like super happy that he was able to get it done cuz he, he was worried like yeah I just left my job and now I'm, he was working with me now. Um, yeah. He was a little worried that it wouldn't go through but I was like nah it'll be fine. I I bought a new tr- I bought my truck when I was like didn't even have a business name and wasn't even employed and they basically said state your income. Okay, which cool. is
0: which is a risk by the way.
1: It is. It was it's not something I would recommend to somebody unless you know why you're doing it. Mhm. So anyways, so that was cool. And then the second little thing I have is that my Audi is legal for the first time in a while. Wow. <laughs> it's not Congratulations. not <sighs> It's not registered, but I have a temp, and I just made the goal of Uh-oh. putting it sh- <laughs> How many temps-, yeah.
0: temps have you had on that car? This is the third temp in a row. Okay, yeah.
1: Yeah, but they keep giving me month-long temps, so I'm just trying to put as many miles as I can on it and seeing if just putting a bunch of miles on it will just flush out everything enough to make it happy. We'll see. Hopefully. I I doubt it, but I I don't know. At this point, it's just fuck around and find out with that car. There's no other way to yeah, do anything. true, true. And oh, actually, there was one more little update, and then we'll get into other things. Um, I found my other I found my final old car that I didn't know where it was. My Audi S6. Uh, the wagon. The wagon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where is it? Cali. Where? So, it. He didn't say, um, but I got a random message today, just three hours ago from a dude I had interacted with and sold some parts to in the past. And he said, Oh, Hey, by the way, I bought your old car (laughs) and the fuck. Yeah. Not only is it in one piece. So he does, uh, he does build. So he's, he bought it to do an RS six conversion on it. Oh, cool. So he's going to drop in the big boy engine and basically
0: everything that, uh, Carson wanted to do, wants to do the his.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, amazingly, it's still intact. The last I heard of this car was somebody had saved it from an individual that had bought it and ran it into the ground. Um, so amazingly, right. it's still in one piece. Uh, even the Alcantara is still there. It just has several little problems, but um, it still seems to be all together. And he did actually say somehow the binder of paperwork that I had originally sold with the car almost six years ago at this point yeah, still made it to him. I'm shocked. Um, That's great. Yeah, so that was how he figured out what it was my old car was some of the old receipts and just messaged me. (laughs) He's like, I'm going to
0: find this Justin McIntyre and Uh, find this dude. That's cool.
1: Yeah, no, it it is cool. At this point, I now know where every single one of my previous cars are at.
0: I mean, so so what do you do with this information now?
1: Well, I'm going to follow whatever he's doing with this build. I'm definitely curious. Um, I've already talked over a bit like are all my special parts still there? Because my main regret with that car was that I didn't put it back to stock when I sold it. I had all the special, fancy, rare Euro parts, and I sold it with them. I really such should as, have... Such as what? <sighs> Some fancy trim. Like, so that instead of having, like, the gloss trim, it was uh, actual wood grain that had no veneer over it. Um, okay. I had a factory... Um, navigation for the time, that was the radio, that was worth about $700 that I really shouldn't have sold with it. Factory, like, whisper flat roof bars, also like $700 I shouldn't shouldn't have sold with it. And the Alcantara interior that's super rare. Okay. Uh, So, like, all of those things. I really should have completely put it back to stock before I traded it in. Um, Mm -hmm. But... I wanted the Stinger, and I wanted to just make sure I got that car because it was one of the first ones in Utah. And so I
0: and just, you might have regrets about that, but, I mean, I don't think you're any lesser, really, for having done that.
1: I'm not. Um, just some of those parts were special and rare enough that it would have been cool to keep them and, if nothing else, sell them for profit. I right. could have made several thousand more dollars. Yeah, true. But... Either way, um, I'm probably just going to follow the car, see what happens. I don't necessarily intend on buying it back. I don't need that. I'd honestly rather get the Audi. I currently have more sorted than buy a different car. Um, Right. And so if he, let's say in a year from now, finishes this build, it'd be cool to see where it goes. Because if he does what he says he's going to do, which is pair the RS6 twin-turbo V8 with the six-speed manual, that would be a pretty killer wagon.
0: Yeah.
1: That'd be a very interesting thing cuz the one downside of those RS6s even though at the time they were the fastest sedan in the world in 2002 and 2003 they still had that same 5-speed automatic that mine had which was yeah. okay at best. It was okay
0: for the time because even Porsche's tiptronic was garbage. Yeah. Um, you know, there are other German manufacturers that, you know, had automatic gearboxes back then that have made serious serious strides.
1: Yes. And
0: uh, developing what you could call an automatic gearbox, you know, just a transmission that shifts itself, but more so dual clutches. Um, Yeah, it, it, it would be interesting to see how that would be with the manual. And it would be cool to find out where this car is. And, you know, if it's in an area that you and I have uh, frequented more or maybe not, but uh, it'd be cool to go and like see the car like when it's done and like maybe even do a thing with it.
1: Yeah, cause it. Uh, I could see a lot of things being good with it. I know it has. I know it's over two hundred thousand miles now, so it's gotten some miles on it. And um, he's doing a bunch of preventative work to get it up to snuff before it goes under the knife. Um, yeah. And he like he ha- He says there's just a couple little silly things like the radio that I mentioned just a minute ago isn't working mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But. Um, Yeah, it it is cool to just see where it goes. It is interesting, though, because I did warn him, like, I hope you're aware, it does have a rebuilt title. So, like, hopefully that...
0: I mean, if he's going into it so much, though, like, it doesn't really matter.
1: Yeah, he's just got to find the right buyer that doesn't care, which, fortunately, making that much modifications, you're likely to find a buyer that doesn't care.
0: If you're not even just transforming the car but if, if if it is a completely different fucking thing with a different engine different transmission different body you know the frame rails are straight yep if it drives straight turns stops goes as it should yeah who
1: cares exactly the the sad travesty of that car at the time that it got its salvage title by the time i had fixed everything like it drove better than it did when it was clean title by far, yeah. like it was, you wouldn't have been able to know because every single piece was replaced, and it did. Uh, there was no frame damage, nothing like that. It was just financially totaled. Sure. Um. So like, it will be a very good candidate for what he's going to do with it. And again, a badass wagon, like last of, last of the V8 Audi wagons. Um, yeah. And that, and uh, compared with everything, I mean, like
0: not I, the RS6. Um. You know, uh, non-inclusive.
1: Yeah, uh, not the modern ones. Um, yeah. The lat- like, they had the, a period where it went to V10 and then went back to V8 with the hot V on them for right. OTs. Right. So, it'll be weird. But, yeah, we'll have to see what happens with that. I'm super excited to see what goes on with it and just excited to find out, finally, where it was. Because I have been wondering for a time, along with the Stinger, that I found out a few months ago where that was. Um, yeah, where my, true. Where my S6 had gone. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I I know where they all went at this point. Some of them have ended up in the trash heap. Others are still, as far as I know, kicking kicking around.
0: Do you know where your old uh, 200 wagon is?
1: (sighs) That's the one I have a rough idea. I've just never been able to verify for the last few years. Um, It went to Michigan. um, And he, I think the last communication I had with him directly was probably 2016
0: but so it's very likely he doesn't have it.
1: I did have somebody that saw the wagon um, in, in an Audi 200 group. So I know it still exists in that area. It's just a question of who owns it and, you know, what's going on with it. Sure. Um, that So I do. that's the one now that's at the bottom of the totem pole on things I know at this point. Ah. And, but everything else, I, I basically know where it is or where it went now.
0: Y- yeah. So...
1: It's kind of cool. It's like having my children. They've all gone off to college. They've all left me. (laughs) They've all done different things. Fuck you, Dad. Probably the car that said, fuck me, Dad, the most was... Actually, that that phrase sounded a little weird, but... um, (laughs) Well, well, it's
0: your current Audi, to be honest.
1: Yeah, actually, that's the brat of the bunch. It's the one that just says, oh, well... It's not just a phase, Dad. This is who I am. This is who I am. I am broken, Dad. I am broken. <laughs> it's not your fault. It's me. It's not you. It's me. It's entirely me. Now deal with me. No, broken. you're the reason why.
0: No, it's the you're the reason why I'm like this.
1: <laughs> 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 Ouch. And then I have to say, no, I bought you like this. <laughs> you you're came, act- you're came? actually adopted. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it was. Um, I'm just... It is funny, though, having put 400 miles on that car in the past week since I got the temp, like, it's driving better than it ever has, which makes it even more frustrating that something as stupid as emissions is keeping it from being legal. Yeah. Um, so we'll have to see uh, what goes on with that, but, uh, but yeah. Um, so I did have one not-related-to-me thing that I saw this week that was pretty cool, which is... Um, well, do we want to talk about your camera? Oh, yeah. He
0: I thought learned- you were like, going to get around to this. I was like, oh, so here, since I just kind of started to drop the mic a little bit, I'll yeah introduce this. A, a neighbor of Justin's yesterday gave him an old Nikon
1: film camera. How it happened was on a couple days prior on Facebook in like our local neighborhood group, they had posted, hey, we're getting rid of a bunch of stuff. It's all free to the takers, like, and just had a bunch of pictures. So I commented on this camera. It said Nikon... Uh, N-2020 and um, it came with the camera and then two lenses and she said hey somebody else already spoke for it so I'll let you know if they don't come get it and yesterday she messaged me and said hey it's still available do you still want it and I was like hell yeah I do so I went and picked it up and I don't have too much of the story but I do have a bit of it she's owned this camera since new
0: and I did a little bit of research uh, came out in 1986 Ah, uh, the photo that you sent me—it was like what a thirty-five to
1: seventy millimeter lens. Yep, thirty-five to seventy, and then I have a—the other lens is definitely a cheap lens, but it is a longer lens, and I was struggling to actually find the markings. I might go grab it here. Oh, just so, it's a like a fi- it's not, so it's not like a so it's not like a fifty-one point eight or something. <sighs> no, here, let me actually just go grab that. It. It's literally five feet to my left. Give me five seconds. Sure.
0: Um, and while I'm keeping the people busy, uh, in the like the first article that I found or the first like you know piece of information I found through googling okay. was this PDF so. file um, a 48 page PDF file on Google and I just downloaded it and I sent it from there to Justin which was hilarious because it sent Justin on Facebook 48 images all at the same
1: time. <laughs> And that's not really the first time you've sent me a bunch of images. So what before I opened the message, I thought it was like pictures from the Eaglewood car show or something. No. <laughs> <laughs> so this other lens is um, 55 millimeter outside diameter. So that's that the actual glass.
0: That, that's like the filter size.
1: hmm Interesting. I actually, I know this is like, a, it doesn't even have like a, a name brand on it. Um interesting. Oh, it's an eighty to two hundred. Oh, okay, cool. So so it's a longer lens for more zoomed in. Um but but yeah, so I went and picked this up and it's actually kind of cool. So her little backstory with it is she bought it new when she was living in California, and she actually brought it with her when she came to Utah and was using it when she was a employee of the University of Utah as a photographer. Oh, cool. So she's like, this camera has a lot of use. Um, It's in good condition, but it has been very well used. Um, It shot a lot of, like, little event photography and sports photography and stuff for the university. Yeah. So, and then actually, the cool thing is on the bottom, on the battery cover, she had actually engraved her uh, name and her original address in California down in here. And that's still all intact and really cool. So it's like... Oh, that's cool. It's a really cool piece of little history, especially to get something like this for free, like... Oh, yeah, you know, it's not like you were, like, you know, scouting it or, like, scavenging,
0: you know, eBay for something, and then you paid, like, $500 for this. Yeah. And, you know, you won the bid or something. Like, no, this is someone that you know that, you know, gave you this camera. I think that's really rad.
1: Really rad, and, like, uh, Nikon as a camera brand is rather interesting because it's, as far as I'm aware, and I'm not even nearly as much of a Canyon, uh, like a camera aficionado as you. Or Canyon aficionado. Oh. Exactly, or Canyon. Um, <laughs> they they seem to be one of those companies that kind of just drops bangers every now and again, and a lot of the other a lot of other times just kind of coasts.
0: They mostly coast, uh, at, at least as long as I've been into photography. They've been coasting slash resting on some laurels. I think they haven't really innovated that much. Yeah, uh, they came. They had an action camera. Like a three hundred and sixty action camera, like around the twenty seventeen era, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but like their whole thing, um, at least with the with the enthusiasts and like the users of them, is that a lens that was made for a Nikon fifty years ago would work on a brand new one now with no adapters. And Canon kind of goes through different phases of lenses. Yeah. So like the stuff that would be on like a regular um let's just say a soccer mom's camera would be an EF or an EFS lens. Yeah. So the EFS would have better stabilization and better much better autofocus. Um the EFS is a is a different mount for the lens to go onto the camera, uh, but it's at the core of it it's just a better version of the EF, right? Yeah. Um, and then you have like with the old film stuff from like the AE one program days or, you know, that, like, uh, you have the, um, FD lenses, you know, like an RX seven. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) so yeah, the FD lenses are a completely different thing. Some FD lenses go on, you know, in a similar fashion to say when EF lens would go on, like you just, you know put it on and you twist it and it locks it. Some of them have a locking collar. So you have to have the collar and the lens in a certain spot and you put it on the camera and then you tighten the collar on it and then that's what locks it in. Um they're not super mm, they're not as congruent, I guess. Um like the the newer lens the newer cameras take that uh and the older ones don't but the newer cameras can also take the older style lenses. So I have two different eras of old um, film cameras from Canon. I have an FT, uh, Quick Load, is what it's called. And so that was made from 1967 to 1972. That one will not take a lens with a collar on it. Gotcha. My my AE-1 program, which was made between the late 80s, early 90s, that takes the collared one, but it can also take a non-collared lens. So i hope i didn't lose too many people uh in that but yeah so just just go back to your nikon comment they've just been more conservative i guess in like their development
1: yeah and doing the the bit of reading i've done on it so far this was their first autofocus camera so this is Mm -hmm. where we and this is 86 so this is doesn't even that's impressive yeah, so, I mean, it's decently impressive. It has four AAA batteries, and that's how it does auto focus, and the very basic electrical work that it does. Um, and the so light
0: I, metering. And, you know, you, you mentioned yesterday that you put the AAAs in and it didn't turn on, and I wondered if the voltage is off.
1: That may be the case. Um, the other thing is there are electrical contacts inside uh, where the film canister goes, so I do wonder if maybe that might be the case. I'll probably do some research, find some average cost film to throw in here and just see what happens i Um, mean
0: honestly take it to uh our good buddy chris garcia um he cla'd uh both cameras that i have right now uh so he can go through and uh clean them up and uh see what he can do
1: because most of it seems to be in great condition both the lenses had caps like everything's intact so like the physical body's in fantastic is there any
0: like fogging going on with the lenses like are they like pretty clear
1: they're super clear. Like I can look through the viewfinder right now and it looks crystal clear. Nice. So, uh, I think it could be a cool little, um, little piece, even if it's, you know, probably not something I'm going to use that often, but it is cool enough that I could definitely see myself breaking it out occasionally. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, this is almost what I'd call a hybrid camera where uh, it is that blend of like autofocus and old school manual film, um, which is similar to your Canon
0: uh, to my Canon rebel G for sure. Yeah. Um, except my Canon rebel G is, you know, has the build of a more contemporary DSLR. Yeah. Um, you know, if someone didn't know any better looking at the front of the camera, you know, if I put, if I stuck like a modern 24 to 70 on, which I can, because it's still an EF mount, yep. um, it would look like a regular, like, you know, soccer mom DSLR. But then when you look to the back, there's no screen.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, and there's yeah.
0: A, the same kind of like LED display on top where it shows how many pictures you have left. Um, you know, where your metering is, um, it shows where your ISO is reading at, uh, because And that camera can read automatically what the ISO is because um, there is a DX um, – is what they call a DX code that's on the actual can or canister of film that the camera can read.
1: Gotcha. I think this may have a similar thing because I was reading through a bit of that manual Probably. you sent me. And it did say that it could detect uh, ISO film. Um, yeah. But I actually just realized as well on this camera, I'm sending you a picture. Um, this has the original, uh, Nikon strap on it and I just sent it to you and it's so retro. It's pretty sweet.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I have, um, a retro strap on my, uh, Canon rebel G as uh-huh. well. Um, I want to keep that camera like more like original because that camera is what, um, my parents had when I was growing up. I still have the receipt that they bought from target <laughs> wow. and like oh yeah um i had the receipt of the camera and a roll of film and like the instruction manual like when they bought it from target so um i i wouldn't put a strap on mine if you you know don't put a strap on yours i wouldn't doubt you for it at all yeah. i wouldn't slight you for it um it's pretty neat um but on like my other cameras i should really buy another strap for my uh my AUM program but i have like an aftermarket c plus uh strap the c plus is uh, my friend nate who's here in salt lake he does custom leather stuff he wants to do some watch strap stuff actually and he and i are in uh, conversations about development development for something like that which will be cool yeah but um yeah he does like camera straps and he has silicone stuff and also like leather and so i have a silicone one on my uh 5d mark 4 my my workhorse camera and then mm-hmm. on my um ft uh quick load i have one of his leather like brown leather ones which has actually been aging and uh breaking in really really nicely
1: as real leather should oh yeah that's one of the benefits of it
0: yeah if you wanted to go to a leather one i would just forward you to him and be like yo check this dude out because you you can buy this his stuff um at essential photo supply which is where i get my photos or my film uh rolls uh developed and scanned i've actually Mm -hmm. had a good amount of questions of uh, or a good amount of times of people asking me like hey like you know i I guess i'll most of them are actually me of like people meeting people in the street or something and they'll see i have a film camera and they'll be like oh can you get that stuff developed anymore Oh god
1: well i mean that's like pulling
0: up to a light and then some boomer in a corvette like goes like hey fast car huh
1: Oh, my God. I mean, as stupid as the question is, I guess it can be valid because once a lot of those technologies were replaced, a lot of the stuff that that person would commonly associate with. Oh, yeah. Like we don't have we don't have people
0: like repurposing like VHS machines or anything like that. You know, like it's a it's an antiquated, outdated technology that's not, you know, broadly used anymore. So, like, I get it, but the question does get old.
1: Oh yeah, uh, and I think a lot of it comes down to um, uh, this is going to sound kind of rude, but I think it's kind of an accurate way to describe it: monkey see, monkey do. So that person doesn't see film places like they used to. Camera shops aren't nearly as common because there's just not nearly as many places. Well,
0: Walmart that- doesn't. Walmart does, doesn't advertise one hour photo anymore.
1: Exactly. So not seeing it anymore leads them to believe because it's just not common. Oh, it's not possible. Right. Uh, even though that's not the case with almost anything in life really uh just because it's not the standard now doesn't mean that it's not possible right um, and you know the film photo is one of the things that's Records had a bit too. of a come yeah it's had a bit of a comeback just like vinyl um or or to some degree not, not to the extent necessarily but mm-hmm. uh it's one of those things that has resurfaced over time right and probably will continue to do so so yeah i'll uh Check this out, see if I can get a nice, just relatively cheap roll for it to try it out and see if I can get it to function. Talk to Chris, see if Chris has any suggestions and yeah, see what we we can do. I'm actually curious to see Chris's thoughts on it as well. Because, you know, well, I mean, how
0: did you want to do this? Did you? Because, like, we were talking yesterday, do you want me to put a roll through it and see if it can function? Yeah, or do you want to like do it yourself, or do you want to just give it to Chris and have him do? you know his work his magic touch and then
1: have you get it back and see how it does and like what do you want to do i think first i'll probably buy a roll for it and myself just try to see if i can get it to function if i can't get it to do that i'll probably talk with chris get some suggestions and if he doesn't have many and he'd need to see it hand it off to him and if he can get it functional then i might just say yeah go hand it to gavin i'm just gonna have gavin run that whole role through it and see if he can what he thinks about it
0: yeah um yeah i mean i i'd be first of all i'd be honored i think that'd be fun um and you know i got excited just seeing you with the film camera yesterday um and i was like yo like i want that um but i also think that you know if you could get this like working before you go to canada oh yeah you Mm -hmm. should just take it to that should just be your camera i I have enough film cameras already i think it'd be really cool if you had one if you like you know loved it and took after it and
1: um you know made memories with it took the occasional photo with it
0: Well, yeah or like you know whenever you go on a trip like that that's your like travel camera right and that's what you like you know take for like the more uh, significant memories like like a trip up to Canada or like for your wedding or for when you want to go do whatever. Take on an exhibition to speed shoot for whatever reason or right. something. Um I think that would be really, really cool. And you're gonna learn some lessons the fucking hard way. And yes. maybe a couple of times because the thing with film as opposed to digital is everything is delayed by um many, many multitudes <laughs> um you know t- to discover that you fucked up on a digital photo you take the photo and then you hit the review button and you go oh that didn't work like oh i was out of focus or whatever there's a light leak or the exposure just was like that was way too blown out or whatever yep. but like when it comes to film you have to take the entire roll of film so all 36 images or sometimes 24 um and there's what's funny actually there are some cameras that will actually take rolls of film and um you can actually kind of multiply your shots by two they Mm -hmm. are uh, called like half shot cameras i think um kodak makes one um and it takes a roll of 36 and turns it into a roll of 72 but they're also half the resolution they're half the size which is kind of fun interesting okay yeah they're they're really cheap they're like 40 bucks or something for the camera um, they're not made super great. They're they definitely feel like toys, but they are uh, they're they're an interesting and like a, a cheap way for someone just to get into photography to not completely fucking bankrupt them. So yeah. speaking of bankrupting, so you take all your photos, right? Yep. Well, okay, you spend mm, between fifteen and twenty dollars per roll just to buy it, and yes. then you take your photos, and then you take the the roll to someone to develop them, or you can develop it yourself. You can buy a kit for, like, 300 bucks. And then you develop it for, like, depending on the shop, uh, Essential Photo, I think they're, like, seven or eight bucks to develop it, and then it's about the same to scan the photos, and then okay. they'll send you an email of uh, a Dropbox folder, and you can download them. So God. per roll, okay, so we're talking, like, a week? Uh, Well, first of all, monetarily, we're talking about 30 bucks for 36 images.
1: Yeah. Right? (laughs) (laughs) So, So, definitely not as cheap as digital. No duh. It's not
0: as cheap as digital. It could be worse, though. Polaroids, there's eight uh, frames in a Polaroid pack, and those are $20, but you do get it more instantly. So True. um and then yeah when it comes to developing time um it depends on the shop essential and and the essential photo supply I'm not sponsored we're not sponsored I like them a lot I've gone to them uh basically since I've been into uh film photography over the past y- over a year I've done film stuff before but it ha- hasn't been like my hobby yeah. um I did it for like school and stuff before but um most of my experiences through them there are there are other places that do same day there are actually places in los angeles that chris was having or um forwarding me to do while we were there but uh, the timing didn't quite work and i just got stuff done essential when i got back but essential has sometimes been like three days sometimes they've been 10 days sometimes they've been a little longer than that so it's all super delayed but the byproduct of that also is the pure joy and excitement of getting that email and going, "Oh my god! Oh my god! I
1: got my photos! I got my photos!" <laughs> <laughs> it's like you want to go now and and pick it up. It's the, yeah, it's the pretty kid, much the kid in a candy store vibe. No, for sure. And then you go and pick it
0: up, and they um, they'll have your roll uh, sleeved up in plastic mm-hmm. so it can be stored. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's it's well, it's fun. It, I, I, I'm first of all, I'm stoked for you. I I think. If this is something you get into, I think you're going to really enjoy it.
1: And I think the other part about potentially, if I can get it working, using this as like a road trip camera, is actually the benefit of this was Nikon's most successful camera of its era, so they are dirt cheap to buy if, like, it gets broken. What are they now? 20 bucks. No shit? Yeah. Really? uh, Yeah, so I I looked it up, and I read a couple articles, and both of these articles said... We highly recommend this as a film camera because it's comparable to Canon of the era with just a couple of caveats of it being an icon and having some weirdness to it, but it is dirt cheap. Yeah. Um, and so you can trip over these things because it was their most successful camera by numbers. Which um, is crazy
0: because similar can be actually said for the Canon AE-1 program, but mm-hmm. the Canon AE-1 program has been such a de facto beginner's film camera because the program aspect of it like the program is actually a weird hybrid too because uh you for to enable the true program mode there's a a dial on the top that has all of your shutter speed settings and then there's a green uh text that says program so you turn it to program and on the lens where it has um all of your aperture settings so how big the hole of light it's coming through the camera um you have everything from, like, say, 1.8 or 2.8 at the bottom to 22 at the top. Mm-hmm. And then you click it past 22, and it goes to P or program or whatever it is. And so now, exposure-wise, it's completely automatic because you've set your ISO already. Uh, you have to you need to do that when you load the film. So the light meter knows how much to expose for. And then you put it in program mode, and then it's that. But it's still also uh, completely manual focus. And what's cool about uh, these old film cameras is that there's like a prism inside, like the viewfinder, that like it splits until the thing is actually in focus, and then the the two halves of the prism line up, which is always yeah. a really satisfying thing.
1: Because I saw that once. I used your camera just the once when we were doing the shoot with my Sob and yeah, um, sod have that, which is cool. So um, yeah, I'm seeing prices
0: how- kind of all over the place. By the way, um, I'm seeing body only for like sixty. Some uh, body with lens 35 to 70 for 44. But then I'm also seeing like a full kit with a 50 millimeter, 28 millimeter, and a 70 to 210 millimeter uh, for 140. Uh, and a flash too. Um,
1: yeah. I'm not sure exactly why that is. But basically, some of those articles were a tiny bit outdated. So they probably have gone gotten a little more expensive since how, then.
0: How, wh- when, when was the article published? One, one was 2018, one was 2020. Yeah, 2020 would be more accurate, obviously, because it's a later date. But also, like, since 2020, film prices and the film photo world has just exploded.
1: Yes. So, um, either way, still pretty cheap because your canons still trade for generally around 100, 150, right? It depends. Um, the FT
0: is in that 100 to 150 range. I got it from Chris for 100. Um, and that came with a 50 millimeter 1.8. Most of those cameras, like FTs and AE1s, they'll have like a 51.8. Yep. Um, you actually have to find like a 28 millimeter or 24 or 35 or something like that. Yep. Um but then the AE1 program, those can go between two and three hundred. Sometimes more, depends on the 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 uh, quality, it depends on the condition. I got mine for a fucking well. I thought it was a steal. I got mine for like one eighty. Yeah. It just so happened to be the same week that I bought my FT. Because <laughs> Chris was like, "Hey, do you know anyone that wants an AE1 program?" I'm like, "Yeah, bitch, me, me. <laughs> what up?" That's what. That's the camera I actually wanted before I bought this other one. <laughs> nice. I kind of had to do like the like the like the Rolex thing of like, yeah, you have to buy a bunch of other shit before you buy the one you actually want. No. Um. So I got that. the story behind that camera it it, so it came in like this leather case that Mm -hmm. for me and my purposes that's just a collector piece i'm not gonna actually use it um but it came with like this cool hard leather case and then there's a sticky on it that said property of summit county so me, me being from park city and you know having that connection of park city being in summit county um apparently that was a uh, property of like the the Summit County government. Um I don't know if it's a police thing or whatever. Let me actually it's in my bag. Hold on a sec. Gotcha. Yeah, so it says property of Summit County on it and it has this little number and it has a seal on it from Summit County, like a little flag or a little seal on it. So that's mm-hmm. cool. And then it also had um, a CLA sticker that it says it passed, um, which is also pretty cool. But, yeah, um, yeah, cameras are neat. They're fun. They're fucking yeah. expensive sometimes, though. Yes. Because, <laughs> like, and that, that, that figure that we just uh, mentioned earlier, you know, that was just for one roll of film. And there are people that... And that's one roll of 35 millimeter film. That's not like 120 or 220 yeah. or, um, you know, large format. Like, that shit's crazy. And so, yeah. Um, I have two rolls that I've finished. I just threw another one in. I have five rolls that I'm pretty sure all of them are fucked from um, my inability to load them properly uh, back when I started doing this. So you're going to have to maybe watch a couple of videos and understand exactly how to like, f- you have to fold over like the tip of the yep. roll um, to get it in the slot, but different cameras can also have different loading methods. So yep. uh, my AE-1 program, it's just you put the roll in on one side and you lock it in and you you pull the film out and you fold the, the film over and you shove it in the slot. Then you have to, while, while the back is still open, you have to like add tension because if you don't, it'll just pop right out. Gotcha. So you like start to advance the film, and you have to see like the the barrel on the other side of the camera start to turn, and then you know you have, it's locked in. You have tension, and you can close the back of it, and you have to fire off a few shots. That's another thing you have to uh, know ahead of time too. Uh, as soon as you put the film in, the that the first button you shoot or the first time you press the button, that's not a picture that's getting taken. Yeah. Um, so you have to do it like three or four times and then, and then you have your first photo, um, on my FT. And this is the thing that fucked me up on my FT camera. Um, there was like this metal plate that would like keep uh, a position. It was kind of like a guide, I guess, kind of like a, like a timing tensioner guide. Yeah, because we talk about Volkswagens and Audis, I figured I'd drop that in there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um. Except this one's made of metal, not plastic. So fuck you. Uh, (laughs) So on that camera, that had like this plate or like this guide that would keep it in there. So all you'd really do is like maybe fold over the 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 film and put it in the uh, the slot and then close the back of the camera, and you're basically good to go. Yeah. But I since I started on that and then went to the program. Like, that fucked me up, and I burned, like, quite a few rolls of uh, film going through the AE-1 program. So, this is a Come lot of camera it. talk, by the way, I'm, I'm realizing now, <laughs>
1: but... I mean, we, we share it occasionally, but, like, I think it just goes to show how much, like, cameras are in your world specifically and have become part of my world as we've done more of this, um, and I don't, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. It's We've, uh... Stick to cars, bro. <laughs> yeah exactly um but actually i can circle it back around to cars because there's a car that got announced this week that i am curious to get your thoughts on what you think of it
0: i'm gonna get the google machine going
1: i'm just gonna i'm sending you the link right now on oh okay
0: boom uh oh the ev9 kia first of all that was a uh, internal server error that you sent me Interesting. um yeah, but no, I, I saw uh, Hannah Elliott, who's a, a journalist and who's actually uh, dating Magnus Walker, of all people. Interesting. Um, yeah, she uh, just did like an Instagram post like the other day of
1: one. I am seriously curious to see one in person. I think I think it looks good. I think it looks really good. In fact, I think as Kia has continued to make its transition that we've talked about many times over the years, since like 2010, yeah. and now they're really, really hitting it hard with EVs, I think they have been knocking it out of the park with the designs. Yeah. Like, this thing looks spectacular. I love like the almost, uh, the kind of...
0: Oh, Don't say like, it's Tron. Don't call it Tron.
1: It's not Tron, no. <laughs> like, almost sort of alien-esque like taillights where they're like these three bars. It looks so
0: the body and the lines or the uh, the brake lights and the taillights reflect this as well. It is such a sculpted body. It really looks like it was chiseled out of marble.
1: Exactly. And like I think that they have just and and Hyundai's done their own thing then done really well. But I think Kia has nailed like this perfect blend of making the cars look different and unique and futuristic, but not making them look too outlandish.
0: Yeah, um, they definitely have a. They they definitely understand uh, what's the other what's the word for holding back? Restraint, restraint. Yeah, they they definitely their their design definitely reflects restraint. Uh, ever since the Stinger came out, I think mm-hmm. uh, the Stinger and Palisade, not Palisade, um,
1: Telluride. Um, I'm I got I will say though I'm not loving the front. i um, yeah. I I think I'll need to see one in person. I think it's a little interesting. Um, it, it's, it's interesting just,
0: how it isn't inter- interesting.
1: Yeah, it, it's not it a just, lot going on it's just kind of stacked up and these the daytime running lights kind of continue and fade into the center of the grill it yeah they seems. come
0: more to, centered
1: yeah so like but i love the rear i love the interior looks somewhat similar to how the ev6 already is which is great that's actually um i've sat in a couple of them they i think again they knocked it out because they've also similar to the ev6 they haven't ditched all of like shortcut buttons, which is what's also been great about the functionality of the interiors. You can still yeah. do a like, one button shortcut to radio or whatever.
0: Um, also, I'm looking at an interior shot right now and I do mm-hmm. find it funny how the throttle pedal has a plus and the brake has a minus. I know. <laughs> That's kind of like, cheeky.
1: The, the funny, cheeky little things they've been doing with stuff like this has been great because they haven't fallen down what I'm going to term the uh, BMW I problem, where the I series of cars is good but they made them way too outlandish for the public to really grasp onto them too much
0: i'm starting to see more what it's the uh oh fuck the I mean, i7 I'm, the i7 is pretty bad yes. i'm seeing some i5s too i'm trying mm-hmm. to think um yeah. oh wait no i you're, i'm talking about suvs actually um not cars
1: gotcha so they i I don't remember what their terms for those are my my main uh source for this theory was when the i3 came out it still is like oh my god what is that i don't think Um, it
0: i I think that's going to age way way better than what they're putting out right now the ix is what i was talking about
1: yes the ix is tragic not good Um, So I think the, I agree, I think the i3 um, will age better, and I've also driven several of those, and I actually liked the driving experience, and I don't hate the design as much as I used to. I think it is aging like slowly cured wine, (laughs) Um, but something um, like... Unlike how the new,
0: you know, 4 Series, you know, i4 and uh, 4 Series, or the i7, those are going to age like um, uh, room temperature roast beef, I think. Yes. The flies are going to come in. It's going to start to ferment a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's not going to be great. No. Um, I, I look at something like this and what, again, both Kia and Hyundai have done, and I think they're doing, and it seems to be true because I see quite a few Kia and Hyundai EVs on the road, what the public needs to grasp onto the next step because it doesn't feel like you're completely relearning how to drive. Or what a car should look like. It feels like we're transitioning, which is what we need. Mm -hmm. And looking at this SUV with three rows, and it's got the cool features, kind of like the carnival where the center seats actually have reclining uh, recliners. Those are what
0: you call them captain's chairs is what they Mm -hmm. are.
1: Mm -hmm. But they're just really nice captain's chairs that are heated and cooled and... It is an actual SUV that's all-wheel drive, can tow five thousand pounds. It has somebody a didn't
0: do a good job photoshopping this though. Like I can see that the um and maybe this is because I'm doing more product photography now. Yeah. Um, the foot like leg rest on the sh- the shot with the captain's chairs. I can see like little dirt spots.
1: Oh on yeah, it. I see it. <laughs> Guys, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I think is really neat is that it does have actually 8 inches of ground clearance, 5,000 pounds of towing. like It's actually a usable SUV. Um, Mm -hmm. Just like a very micro version of the uh, um, what's it called? The uh, Lucid, not Lucid. um, I forget the other brand. The other newer EV brand. Rivian. The R1S. Like a very micro Mm -hmm. version of the R1S kind of.
0: We had one of those coming through uh, ESS recently.
1: They look pretty damn good.
0: They look good. Uh, I, I poked my head around the interior a bit. Um, and they've done a much better job at Easter eggs and branding, Mm -hmm. like they're what, what, where they are at is where, um, Jeep and Tesla should be at
1: gotcha yeah
0: in my opinion jeep goes way too fucking far with like they put the little willies jeep in the headlights and saying 1941 you know um
1: they also build i don't know if you've ever noticed on the windshields of the jeeps they have the yeah i know what jeep you're talking logo.
0: about yeah well they they show the jeep going over you know quote unquote boulders because there's yeah. like the little i forget the function i think is it's tempering technology like the little black um mater- like a kind of abrasive material that goes like around Yes. Um, a windshield and how like there's dots and shit. Like they have them like going like traversing over the boulders that yeah. are the little black dots, which is corny as shit, but also people that tend to buy Wranglers and shit are also really corny people that are not very original anyway. So
1: yeah. <laughs> wow. Come at me. Let's go. <laughs> I I got uh. brunch today, so I'm feeling fucking spicy. To be honest, I generally will tend to agree with you on that statement. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I lived with one. I, I lived with a
0: guy <laughs> that that drove a Saturn View with a V six and all wheel drive, but it's a piece of. I mean, it's not a piece of shit because it broke all the time. It's just a piece of shit because it's put together really poorly and like shit plastics and it's ugly and ugh. so there's that. He had uh, a YJ Jeep, and he then bought an XJ Jeep as an overlanding vehicle. This is back in like 2016, yeah, and. Um at the time he was also the biggest fucking Tesla fanboy. Like mm. before the Tesla stands were all over Twitter, I was fucking living with one for 2 years. So <laughs> <laughs> Ask me oh, how I feel. Yeah.
1: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Sorry. One last note. I just was reading through uh, some more of the EV9. I wish more EVs would do this. So it has an onboard power inverter similar to, like, the F-150 Lightning with that big yeah. old plug-ins in the back. If you're yeah. going to be driving a big old battery, why in the Use it. fuck do you not have the ability to plug it into stuff? It's Yeah,
0: it's not just the Lightning, though. There's also the F-150. There, there's a version of the F-150 that's still a gas car. That has, is it the F-150 like recharge or something?
1: So I think it's the F-150 Pro. No. There's
0: a, there's Uh, like a, yeah, uh, there's 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 a
1: few different weird ones as they've been doing this transition.
0: Let's see. The Pro Power is what the technology is called. Yes. But the truck is not called that. Uh, There's some version. I remember uh, Clapman on the smoking tire. Um, Had one for a while. It's not the pro though, it's called something else.
1: Yeah, and I'm not sure which one that is, but I do wish that more people would include that. Like, I don't give a shit if it's a truck or not. Like, if I have this thing with a massive battery and I need to power up some gear on a chute, for instance, or hell, even power like a fridge, these have the capability of the electricity to do that. In fact, Larry Casella, um, Ammo NYC, that uh, uh, is a big detailer in mm-hmm. my line of work. Yeah, just did it just did a video on an F one hundred and fifty Lightning. That He's the powered, Matt Farah
0: of the detailing world.
1: Yes, that <laughs> powered all of his own tools to do the detail with that PowerPoint, uh, that Pro Power in the bed, yeah. and it used little to no of the range because it takes so much more electricity to get the vehicle moving than it does to, like, just power a pressure washer for a minute and power a polisher for about an hour, that he was able to do the whole detail only using a, a couple percent of the battery. It was yeah. nothing. Yeah, yeah. So, like, having something like this, you could run a fridge for days and not run out of juice. Yeah. If you had, like, emergency power needs. <laughs> so, Jeez. again, that, that is the type of stuff that needs to be happening is more of these, like oh, yeah, by the way, this isn't just a car. It is just a big-ass battery. You can plug shit into it. Mm-hmm. That, that's the stuff that needs to happen. Anyways, sorry.
0: No, all um, good. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't find it now. I'm going to have to go back. But I also, and to, to touch again on the Smoking Tire and what they do, um, they did, uh, well, Pike's Peak actually just happened this year. But last year at Pike's Peak, uh, they recorded podcasts on the mountain and had a whole podcast studio set up plugged into the frunk of uh, a Lightning.
1: Ah, gotcha.
0: Yeah. Uh, w- it was a different truck on a different instance, but um, yeah, and I wish I actually was catching up or staying more in the know about Pikes Peak this year. Um,
1: I the miss. only thing I know is there was somebody that went off in spectacular fashion.
0: There always is.
1: And fortunately, they were alright. Um, well, Randy posted that in a Model S
0: a year or so ago.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't even remember this was a custom car. This wasn't any type of factory thing. This was a, a pretty wild build, but fortunately had the full roll cage, so the dude was perfectly fine. Yeah. Like wa- like literally in the footage that they showed, which had the inboard cam, you just see him like get out of the car and look back at the camera and be like, I'm all good. <laughs> like, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> but Oh, okay. So well, the first
0: of all, Robin shoot uh won it in uh I think it was a, in the unlimited class of a prototype car uh mm. in eight minutes forty. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um someone took second in a super van, which is hilarious at a four performance super van of eight minutes forty seven seconds. Um I saw Jeff Swartz name on here. Uh or Romain Dumas is who did it in the van. Um zwart did it in a uh, porsche uh, a few years ago i don't know if you remember this uh porsche used a 991.2 chassis turbo i mm-hmm. think or maybe gte 3rs or something and they basically re- they did a rebodied like a 935 yeah um something crazy batshit uh 946 in that so the delta of eight minutes 40 and so a, 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 a one minute and six second difference. Was yeah. the t- was between the first place and the ninth place time.
1: Which is massive.
0: Which is fucking huge. Um, Rob Holland did it in a 1037 in a GT4 RS cup car or a club, sp- club sport is the actual uh, nomenclature. I'm ch- trying to look for other familiar names here. Uh, I'm actually,
1: I forgot that there's no time on this, so I don't know what time she did it in, but I forgot Leah, Leah Block, finally. Oh yeah, well she drove her dad's, uh, the Hunapicasis. Yeah, because it didn't even get to run last year because of problems. Yeah, it it oil starved, I think, right? Mm Mm-hmm, and so that was, I think that's, regardless of what time she got, I don't even care, I think it's awesome that she was able to run it this year, it worked, and she was able to do it. That's great. Uh, No, it's awesome. Fantastic, yeah. Um, And then the guy that went off, um, I can't find his name, but the company that was running it was called Chuckles Garage.
0: (laughs) I've heard of Chuckles Garage.
1: Yeah. um, His name was Scott. Uh, It doesn't give me a last name here, but he... um, It was on the Death Corner, same one that Ken did his big old uh, drift around, and he just went down, rolled about seven or eight times. Yeah. But it's it, it is uh it's wild to see the history that goes on there and the fact that they still do it every year is awesome um oh and, yeah and 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 it's all paved now so like you can actually well, do it in, in yeah. other things which is kind of here or there i think it was cool when it was dirt have um, you seen
0: the fucking uh like the drive throughs or like the you know the uh cor- like turn by turn explanation of that fucking road yes it's insane um I've seen some where, you know, a pro driver says driving these people through at just the speed limit of the road, Mm -hmm. Um, but the road being closed off. And so they're taking like the line, but they're driving it at the speed limit so they can talk and point and be like, okay, so this is where you're coming up the hill here. And then you turn in here and it's a fucking complete blind corner going uphill at like probably, I don't know, a 40 degree incline. Yep. Like, around a blind corner to left, and then to your right is just sheer cliff Yeah, at, on a road that's, like, about as wide as, for those that li- of us that live in Utah, East Canyon. Yeah, yeah. Fucking nuts. And people are going through there at triples and just praying for downforce.
1: Yeah, and e- there's about six or seven sections that are just squiggles of hairpins, like combinations of just you're you're 180 back and forth and back and forth as you're yeah. just squiggling up the to the 14,000 foot uh, peak.
0: It would be amazing if, you know, someone could experience that road like, you know, someone in the public could experience that road um not locked down, just open but with no traffic, but that will literally never happen. Yep. Um but it would be interesting to just experience that as just like an enthusiast that wants to drive their car on that road and not have, you know, 25-mile-an-hour traffic of looky Um It would be just, interesting
1: to see that. I was just looking. The first Pikes Peak trophy was awarded in 1916, and the time was <clears throat> actually not as bad as I would have thought, 20 minutes, 55 seconds. Yeah, it's pretty good. For 1916, that is moving.
0: <laughs> that, that is moving. And the first, well, so this year was the 101st running of Pikes Peak. So yep. last year was the, was the 100th. Yeah. So I guess they've been doing it for a hundred years or so.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> that. That is crazy, though. To, like, I, I can can you imagine the type of car back in 1916 to do that in 20 minutes, 55 seconds? Like, that's when everything was open cockpit, no safety whatsoever, massive engine strapped to the front of basically pizza cutters. Yeah. on dirt on dirt yeah on dirt um with that crazy
0: elevation increase by the way so it's not like they have like turbochargers to like you know help maintain the power no this is is all na shit
1: yeah well it might be supercharged because superchargers were around quite often to help with that but but even then it would still be carbureted so he would probably still have to be manually adjusting chokes and shit
0: yeah probably (laughs) yeah or timing angle
1: or timing angle yeah um that yeah that would be um an experience of a lifetime that if i had the opportunity to do it i would do it once and say i am never doing it again that that was the most terrifying thing i have ever done yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god um anyways but um we're probably about due for time are we due for time yeah, we've been going for an hour and ten. Wow! I
0: know we've been. You people uh, we've been still p- like us, all all twenty of you. Um, hats off to James K. As always. Oh Thanks, yeah. James, for always commenting on our podcast. Um, I never see them really in time, and the thing that sucks is we can't like respond to them. All we can do is publish comments. But oh, yep. um, to anyone that has commented on our videos or on our um, podcast. Mostly James. <laughs> Thank you very much. We appreciate you listening. And um, next week, I'm going to be out of town. I actually leave. So we, we record these on Sundays. Um, this Wednesday, I'm leaving for Oregon for a week to do more work stuff because there are more people that don't have our tents that I need to buy them. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to be going for a week or so um, up to the Bend area. Uh, to Overland Expo P N W is or the Pacific Northwest. There, there's like three different West ones, and then there's an East. But this is yeah. uh, Overland Expo P N W. We'll be up there. Uh, I'll be up there for. I mean, the whole trip is about a week. So next Sunday, I won't be in town, so there won't be a podcast. Um, because I won't have the the bandwidth to like take all this shit and like you know go travel and do the same thing. So, um. I don't know, Justin, if you want to, like, invite somebody, maybe, maybe invite over at Carson or, or, like, to your place and you guys can dick around.
1: Yeah, maybe if he wants to give, like, a, um, a rundown of what, his first week with the car, and I think what could be interesting with that is he comes from, he, he skipped, like, almost a generation and a half of cars because he went from his newest car being a 2008 to now 2023, like a pretty big right. year, year upgrade in model years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's so a completely different era. Yeah, he gained uh, a significant amount of features. He went from a car that didn't even have an aux plug to when it was new to a car that not only has Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, and all that shit, but dozens of other features and can practically drive itself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, yeah, I'll probably do something like that. But uh, with that being said, thank you all for listening, and uh, we will see you in a— in. Et- couple weeks at minimum but hopefully a week if i can work out something next week good night and good luck thank you (laughs) see ya bye